0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme?
1: What's shaking red nation welcome to another episode of the dream take presented by the dream shake home of all things houston rockets at svnation.com Jeremy brenner here and tonight we're talking another rockets loss the 51st of the season i believe 51 52 i'm not sure who's counting really but final score 130 pelicans 105 rockets not the results you want to see But we're going to talk more than just that sad loss, and I can't do it alone, so I'm bringing my co-pilot, Michael Brown, up to the stage with me. Mike, it's good to talk to you as always. How are you? What's up, man? Always good to be home with you. Always good to be home with you. Uh, But yeah, I mean, not not a good result tonight. Let's Let's just cut right to the chase. Let's not sugarcoat this. Rockets lose by 25, the 51st. Lost of the sea loss of the season seventeen and fifty-one is the worst record currently in the NBA. But there just was not enough tonight. Once the Rockets kinda got on that second quarter uh run that the Pelicans were kind of putting the foot
0: on the gas, there was no coming back from that. No, there wasn't, man. And tonight is, is a microcosm of the year. It, it was actually weird because I watched the entire game tonight, uh, which, in all honesty, the Rockets should probably send me money for watching the game tonight and everybody else that had to watch the full game. Everything that we've talked about on the Dream Tech the entire year was on display tonight. Silas can't adapt. Bruno Fernando comes off his best game of the year, and you don't put him in until the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, in a game where you could have used a Bruno Fernando, yeah. I see where you're coming you know, from. That's, I'm 50 50 on that, but, you know, and it's that it's, is Kevin Porter Jr., the, the point guard of the future for this team because he did nothing to help out of significance tonight. Uh, Jalen Green only getting 13 shot attempts doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Shangoon was awful defensively tonight. So there's a, a lot of the questions that we have going into the offseason. We've already known those questions, but all of those things were emphasized tonight. And it was just it it was a crap storm. Just you know, going into the second quarter. I mean, I think they finished the third quarter with thirteen turnovers. Yeah, twenty-four turnovers
1: throughout the game.
0: And they just they they looked uninterested. Like two games in a row, they've just looked. They went to two out of three, and then the Dallas game, and now they just look just tired and done. You know? Yeah, and I think I think a
1: lot of that has to do with the fact that you do have a lot of young players that, are, that aren't used to playing seasons this long. Sure, And, you know, I mean, like, cause last season wasn't a full 82. We're approaching today was game 68. So we're four games away from game 72, which was last year's threshold. That's what uh, Jay Sean Tate and KJ Martin got themselves into last season. Christian Wood hasn't played a full season in the NBA yet to my understanding. And, you know, Kevin Porter hasn't either. Jalen green hasn't KJ Martin has it. So like, I think that might be part of it, but at the same time, yeah, I think, I I think they're kind of just going through the motions at the point. They know they're not playing for much. And I honestly think like when they had those big wins against the Lakers and, and the, uh, the Grizzlies, they kind of were just like, okay, like that's enough for us. I I don't, I'd like to think that's not the case, but I do like, you know, and I I don't think that's actually the case, but a, a game like this does lead you to believe that that could be a possibility, and it, it is. I, I like to ho- I'd like to think it isn't, but uh, you know, it's just there. there just wasn't a whole lot on that to to be happy about tonight. Like you mentioned, a lot of the same storylines that we have seen over the season were were shown tonight, and. I didn't learn anything new tonight from this team. I feel like no, we know this neither. team pretty well at this point. and And I don't know how much we're really going to learn over the last 20 games of the season.
0: Well, I just I, I want – I mean, there is no conceivable reason that Fernando doesn't get into the game until the fourth. There's no reason that Usman Garuba should not be getting minutes – up until the fourth quarter as well. See, what do they do? I I, I, I see where you're saying, but I, I I
1: don't agree fully because I think with Jalen green and Kevin Porter, where you want this team to move forward with, you need to have some veteran presence out there. And the veteran presence that you wanted up there, Schroeder and Eric Gordon weren't there tonight, but you have at least like, you know, There's some some sort of I guess I'm trying to find the right word here, but some sort of consistency, at least knowing like this is the group that you could go through with next season. So and to me, like Bruno Fernando, I don't I, I think he played well. I don't think that he is like anything worth investing in past this season. I feel like he he is what he is. He's he was salary filler in that trade and i think garuba is a little different but with garuba he's also coming off of an injury you want to be a little bit more uh careful with him and on top of the fact you do want to invest in him and i do think that garuba is likely to get some minutes down the line probably over uh david nawaba uh in these last couple of games i'd like to think that that would be the case but again like outside of garuba with the guys that we've seen, maybe Dacian Nix as well. We really have an idea as to what these guys are, but now it's getting to a point where we know who they are. Let's try to let's try to put them in the best position to succeed. Yeah, and that's I, I what, that's I, what I, this I, off season will be about is yeah. picking those guys and figuring out a way to get them to succeed maybe a short-term option because you don't want to invest too much of that in case it doesn't work. But like this season, I feel like was about picking the guys that you want to move forward with and they have that. And now you can actually start to utilize those guys in the right way. And I feel like this season you're going to see for the next month or so, you're going to see games like this where the Rockets just aren't in it for the whole time. And they're kind of just going through the motions and, you know, they'll probably end up with 60
0: losses. I mean, that's very likely at this point. It just shows me that the this team does not have a clear direction. Like, I, I think they have a general direction. They want to, they're obviously going young. They're trying to develop their young guys. That's obvious. But game-to-game adjustments is something that Silas, quite frankly, is just not good at because mm-hmm. right now – Like playing Christian Wood just makes no sense because he doesn't, he doesn't care. He
1: doesn't care about it. I'll be honest with you. He doesn't. You're talking, you're talking about Wood or Silas? Silas. Silas doesn't care about those in game adjustments, game to game adjustments because he's ultimately solely focused on developing these guys. And I really don't think he puts that much emphasis on matchups. I don't think he's looking at like, I mean, he does to an extent, like if he, he plays a big team, he might put some, some two big man lineups in, but you know, most of the time we've seen that it doesn't like how that doesn't work. And so he's kind of just, he, he's in a position to where it's like he could coach through game by game, actually seeing if it will work. But Silas is, and and this is something that Ryan Hollins has talked about, you know, over the course of the season on Twitter and uh, during games is, his main focus is to get as many guys minutes as possible within reason and I think I mean look tonight he did that I think you know no no gordon no shooter obviously but you know nick nicks got some playing time josh Christopher got some playing time shangun got some playing time although you know he struggled in, with fouls I think he probably would have played a little bit more had he stayed out of foul trouble kj's starting to get some more minutes that's something that we've liked over the last couple of weeks Jalen Green, obviously, we've seen a big jump for him. So there are pluses to the team, and I feel like those pluses make games like this. You know, it's like okay, yeah, whatever. Let's move a, it's on. Just a, it's just and, a, and don't, you don't want that attitude in it for every for these games because you want to see a team that that does you know put forth an effort and has a chance to win every game. And the thing is, like to, tonight, if you wanted to beat the Pelicans. Tonight was the chance. No CJ McCollum, no Brandon Ingram. Like there was an opportunity there tonight and the Rockets for the first quarter of this game played well enough to win. And that's, that's the Rockets this year. They're a quarter. They're a quarter of the way there. Right. That, that's it. That's what this team is. They're a quarter of the way there. They only play really good for about one quarter during the game, whether it's the first quarter where they get out to a decent lead or the fourth quarter where they win in garbage time or, and they only win a quarter of their games. So, the Rockets are quarter baked. That that's the one way to describe this season for the Rockets. Quarter
0: baked. I mean, I like. I mean, I, I like that term. I haven't thought about it in that way, but I'm just at a loss for playing Wood at this point and playing Gordon. You know, you have less than 20 games left. Shut them down. This I entire, think that's kind of what we're seeing with Eric Gordon. Yeah, but they need to do the same thing with Wood. And and people don't need to to come at us saying, well, you need size out there. You get killed even when he plays. Yeah, he's awful defensively. Though, like, go with Fernando and Garuba. If you don't want to play Garuba, then why did you draft him? That's why well, this this front well, office no, and this whole coaching thing does
1: doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Well, no, Mike, that's not entirely
0: true. I It's, see it's mostly it's, not, it's mostly true.
1: No, it's not because the reason why they the reason why you can't shut down Wood is because Wood is the best player that you have at the center position at this moment in time. There's no guarantee that you're getting a center in this next draft, and we'll talk about uh, the draft a little bit later today because with uh, March Madden starting this week, uh, so like Christian Wood, you're not guaranteed a top three pick, and if you get a if you get the number four pick, there's no telling who you take with when Banquero, Chet, and Jabari all come off that board. So there's no guarantee that you're going to get a center to replace Wood next season. Although that's what we assume will happen. That's not exactly what the case is going to be. And you need to go into next season, at least at this moment in time, March 13th, 2022, that Christian Wood is going to be your center next season. Now there is a very good chance that that does not happen because of who's in the draft and with Woods, you know, woes on defense, and obviously you're going to choose Shengun to develop over Christian Wood, who will be an expiring contract after next season. So or after this season. So I think with um I think with the way that they're doing things right now, Gordon won't play. I think Gordon plays maybe five more games this year at most. I'd say the same for Dennis Schroeder, probably. David Nawaba probably a five or so games, and just let this group want, run. It'll be Jalen Green, Kevin Porter. I don't mind Gary Bird starting at this point. Tate uh, and Wood, honestly, that starting five is fine to me. Uh, maybe you want to put KJ in there just to kind of see what it is. But there really isn't much of a point. I really I really don't think we're going to learn a whole lot more about these guys in the last 10, 15 games of the season. And then your backups, you get uh, Shen Goon, you get Christopher, uh, you have Dacian Nix maybe play a little bit. Uh, and then you have Garuba. Uh, that's a that's a nine man rotation right there that I could be I could be solid with.
0: I, I I can be solid with that too, Jeremy. But I'm just putting it out there that the Rockets are making this a lot more difficult on themselves than it needs to be. How you had Because it, it should be all about the youth. It's been the same thing since day since game one. It's the same thing on game 20, 40, 60, and now. That you're out of it, you're done. Christian Wood is coming off of being sick and violently ill over the weekend. Cool. Great. Give your young guys the most chances to improve on, this, on their skills in a game setting, not in practice, in the games. Good that they finally moved up next. They only moved up next because they had to with the with the shooter injury. I'm just saying, yeah, there's there's no there's not anybody on this planet that will ever be able to describe to me a way in which wood playing right now makes sense because it doesn't. Did did I not
1: not just explain it to you, though?
0: No, no, no. But I'm saying you can tell me all of your all of your reasons make sense, but I don't agree with them. Like You're not going to change my mind is what I should say. Like, I am set in this mindset of him playing right now is of no benefit to the team or himself. I mean, I agree with that. That's all, that, that's all I'm saying. That. Is, I'm
1: explaining it more from the, the team's perspective as to why. And that's kind of. But they're not kinda... trying. To,
0: they're not trying to win games, though. Like the thing is, if you put a, if you put them up to a lie detector test, they're not trying to win games. So why would you want to play the players that will help you win games? that doesn't make sense but why is but Christian Wood hasn't been well us with goal no well lie, that's fair yeah know? no that's that's entirely fair that's actually a great point um but i'm you where i'm coming from is they don't when i say they i'm talking about the coaching staff does not know how to read the room with their roster if that makes sense like bruno fernando coming off a game that he had should have played earlier why is jalen green only getting 13 shots that doesn't make any sense either. It, it, they're falling back into bad habits. Right. Yeah, that's something. The, that's the thing fair. With that's Bruno a good way Fernando,
1: to The thing with Bruno Fernando is just – it's not going to happen. Mike, I'm sorry. Like, No, I yeah, don't. I know, I know we all fell in love with Bruno Fernando the other night, but it's just not going to happen.
0: No, I get that. Yeah. But I'm just saying like you have 18 games left in the season. Like why not kind of thing? Exactly. Like yeah. why not? Why not look into that – why draft Garuba? And I feel like I've said this before, so this is the last time I'll say it is why are you drafting Garuba? If you're not going to play him, like you're well, just going to give him thing, garbage minutes. I can explain that. Well, the thing with Garuba is he's like, just, just going to
1: He's just been injured most of the year. Like, well, I know, but I'm talking about tonight. You only played him 70 minutes tonight. Like, well, he's also coming off of an injury. That's what I'm saying. That's he's coming off of wrist surgery that he had in 2022. So we're talking less than eight weeks ago that he had surgery, and then you're getting to a point with him where you want to ease him down. I do think Garuba, when we get to end of March, early April, I think we're going to see Garuba actually get some decent minutes, but I do think that they want to be careful with him. So I wouldn't expect him to play too much, but I do think that he will have opportunities to play like this. Whether, you know, maybe part of it too is, you know, the Rockets, they find themselves in this position where they're down 20 or so, they're down 30, and it gives them the opportunity to play these players in a position where there's not a whole lot of pressure. There's not a whole lot of, you know, they they can compete with the guys on the other end of the floor because they're probably not playing their star players. So maybe maybe that's part of the ma- – There's maybe that's the method to the madness. I don't know if that's entirely true. It's probably not, but it's an interesting idea to come up with. But you know what? Like at the end of the day, Mike, you know, tonight's loss – didn't really teach us a whole lot. Like we mentioned, you know, a lot of the storylines that were in this episode were or not episode but game. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of, you know, weaving between the podcast and the season, but a lot of the things that we learned tonight, we already knew. So let's, let's stop talking about this. Let's move yeah. on to the draft because, uh, you know, a lot of draft talk is going to start popping up. In rocket circles and March Madness is this week. The bracket came out this afternoon. It's uh, you know, Mike. It's you know, it's my favorite time of the year.
0: Oh, it's and the, I think this, it's this is too. the greatest. Oh my god, this is Thursday better than and the
1: Friday are the two best days of the year, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, Thursday, Friday. I think the whole weekend is just Thursday. To yeah. Sunday is. I mean,
1: any oh. any day where March Madness is a thing is just <sighs> Chef's kiss, like perfect. Mm. Uh perfect. Let's get so, right into so let's this. let's talk about let's talk about some guys that you know we could see in the sure. tournament that that Rockets fans might want to keep an eye on. Obviously, yeah, we have the main the big 3. The Big 3 are all playing in the tournament. Duke is a 2 seed, Auburn is a 2 seed. I believe yeah, so Duke, Auburn, and Gonzaga. Gonzaga's, you know, the number one overall seed. So so Chet Holmgren, you're going to see Jabari Smith. You're going to see Paulo Boncaro. And also another guy that I want people to talk about. You know, we, we've talked a little bit about those guys, but Jalen Duran is also someone I want to talk about just in case the Rockets do end up falling to four. This could be a guy the Rockets look into. He's 6'11". He's averaging 12-8 and eight this season. He played against your – Houston Cougars today, Mike. Uh huh. So, did you watch? Uh, did you watch a little bit about that, that game today?
0: Uh, I watched the full second half. I would appreciate for the duration of the show if anytime you reference that school, it's the 2022 American Athletic Conference uh, regular season champs and tournament champions.
1: That would that know. would be very beneficial that. to the show. Okay. I don't know if I can do that. Oh, nope. man. <laughs> no I mean, if not. I mean, look, they, the the Cougars did win. But like yep. the, the UCF knight in me is is, is That's cringing. It's cringing at that. But I'll I'll meet you halfway. The AAC champion Thank Houston you. Cougars and mm. the second half played against Jalen Duren's Memphis Tigers. Uh, so
0: did you? What did you see of Duren when when you were watching him today? Yeah, I think the big thing that Jalen Duran to me four seems like a really high jump for me for Duran. I think he's very young. I think his offensive game is not even 75% of the way built, which is a concern for me. My comp for Duran is he's a Diet Coke version of Dwight Howard. Well, Well, isn't that kind of what the Rockets need right now? Well, here's the thing, right? For me, I would much rather, depending on where they draft, I'd rather see like a trade up to go get Duran because I think Duran is going to be there around seven to 10. Like if you package the Brooklyn pick and a Christian Wood to move up in the draft, Mm -hmm. I would, I think that could be a play for Duran. Duran is a nice player. He's a, he's a freak defensively, but there is no game there offensively, which is what the Rockets need. I like the idea of Duran. It depends on what you would have to trade up to get him. If the Rockets are in the top four, I am not taking Jalen Duren.
1: Here's my thing, though, about um, the Rockets right now and, and why I like Duren for the Rockets. Okay. What concerns me is the Rockets have Kevin Porter. The Rockets have Alperon Shangun. The Rockets have Jalen Green. Those are three guys that need the ball in their hands really to succeed. And... If you bring on another guy, and I'm not saying don't take Jabari, Paolo, or uh Jabari or Chet if they're there at at the top. Like obviously you take those guys. Those three are the best in the draft. But if the Rockets have to settle for four, I think Duran fits this team really well because you do need that, you do need a defensive anchor. That's what Duran can be. And he is a guy that doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. He can be like a nice little pick-and-roll lob threat for a Kevin Porter to work with, for a Jalen Green to work with, and it allows Shengun to be that playmaker on offense as well. So so you have everyone that is... Basically, what Duran would be, it's it's you add-on, and there isn't going to be much adjusting from the three guys that primarily hold the ball with KPJ, Jalen, and Shengun. Duran is a guy that is your defensive anchor and he allows those three to be themselves. So there wouldn't be much of an adjustment period next season and beyond with those guys, because you're pretty much locking in on offense with those guys. If you were to take a Paolo, a Chet, uh, you know, one of those guys, Jabari, that those are guys that need the ball in their hands a little bit, maybe not as much Chet, but, he, he what he can do if he has the ball in his hands on offense is special. So you want to have plays run for Chet. Um, and the thing with me for Chet, he's my number one right now just because of what he can. I think defensively, he's the best out of the three. And the Rockets need defensive big more than I need a chocolate chip cookie. Like, <sighs> and you know, no, and you know me, like Mike, like chocolate chip cookies are my weakness. Yeah. No, an absolute weekend. And like, like if, if you gave me a chocolate chip cookie right now, like I would pay you so much money.
0: Well, the thing about the thing about Duran is he's in a really awkward spot. If you're the Rockets, and what I mean by that is, let's say the Rockets get the third pick in the draft, and let's say Orlando is first and Detroit is second. I think did I think one of those teams is going to go Chet Holmgren, and I think the second is probably going to go Jabari Smith. And then we take Paolo and we run with it. Like that's what I'm saying is like if if the Rockets get into the top three, this 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 question really doesn't matter. If they're fourth, I still wouldn't take Durant four. Jeremy, you can't take a guy at four that you're just going to ask to be a pick and roll threat and a defensive guy like that. That is. You know what? It, you know what it race. kind of waste. reminds me of. You know what it kind of reminds me of,
1: though. What? It reminds me of when the Cavs took Tristan Thompson fourth overall in 2011. It was yeah. the same year that they got Kyrie. Yeah. But they're different the thing, players, though. They but are I see what players, you're saying. But similar archetype. Yeah. And I mean, you can't tell me that Tristan Thompson didn't work out because he won a championship with Cleveland. He and if i not mistaken, out. he was the starting center there. So, I mean, obviously there was more to that Cleveland team, uh, one King in particular, that they didn't have at that time to make that team work. But you can't say that Tristan Thompson wasn't a part of that team and wasn't a reason why that team ended up succeeding. So uh, that's what I'm, That's kind of what I'm thinking about, Duran. And the, and the good thing is, is that if you are watching Chet in Gonzaga, you can also watch Memphis and Jalen Duran hopefully because there's a chance that they meet up in the second round. So that could yeah. be that could be a lot of fun. Uh then Auburn obviously, you know, we've been big fans of Walker Kessler. Uh they are a two seed as well. So you're obviously going to watch uh if you're going to watch what's his name? Uh, Jabari, you're going to yeah. watch Walker Kessler as well. Is there anybody else that's like a kind of a sleeper Mike that you you're kind of mentioning?
0: Yeah, there's a guy right now that I'm kind of falling in love with, and it's Adrian Griffin with Duke. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something about Adrian Griffin. First of all, AJ Griffin. Adrian Griffin, AJ Griffin. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Full name, Adrian Griffin Mm -hmm. Jr. The kid can flat out put the ball in the hoop. Mm -hmm. Um, I like Adrian Griffin at Duke. Uh, Another guy for me is Keegan Murray from Iowa, had a phenomenal Big Ten tournament. Um, I'm looking at, uh, I'm going to watch the Kentucky game, uh, for Ty Ty Washington. If Ty Ty Washington falls, you know, into that Brooklyn pick category, because ultimately hot take alert, I think the Rockets are going to look for an upgrade at the point guard spot this off season, um, and potentially move on from Kevin Porter jr. Um, Whoa, so no, I, no, 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 no. Oh, no sorry, no, no. moving on from Kevin Porter Jr. as the starting point guard on this team for years moving forward. Not moving on from KPJ, but moving on from the idea of him being the franchise point guard. Um, so I like Ty Ty Washington, uh, Keegan Murray, Adrian Griffin Jr. Um, I'm trying to think of any other guys that. Uh, I'd Ken, say. Kendall Brown um, Kendall from the Brother. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kendall Brown. Uh, from Baylor, and then my fifth guy I'd probably say is uh, John Butler, the power forward from Florida State, seven one, about two hundred pounds. Uh, needs to put on some weight, but it's got a great three point shot. Uh, he can move really well with the ball. Is Florida? I don't think Florida State's in the tournament though. Uh, I thought they snuck in. My fault. No, uh, then, sorry, it's been a crazy day. It has been. A, it has been uh, a crazy day. <laughs> uh, so take out him and probably you know Baylor. Uh, with Kendall, uh, Kendall Brown, the six-six yeah. six kid. So those are some names for me that I'm really excited. In addition to those top guys, I do think Duke does not make it out of the first weekend. So I think if you're going to watch Paul Caro and A.J. Griffin, I, I don't think they, I don't think they look right. I think, you know, after losing to North Carolina at home in the season finisher or the season finale, I should say, and then the way they looked against Virginia Tech, they only go seven guys deep. And yeah, I, I think they're they're getting. Big. I think if Memphis can win their first round game, uh, not Memphis, are playing Gonzaga. Who is Duke playing? Where is Duke?
1: Duke is at the in the same. Duke is in the same region as as Gonzaga. In that yeah, then Michigan
0: State. I think if Michigan State can win their first round uh, game and they see Duke in that second round, I think Michigan State will beat them. That'd be that'd be a fun game. Yeah, that'd be a, great be a game. fun game.
1: Um, for for me, Kennedy Chandler at Tennessee is someone to watch for sure. Tennessee's a three seed. They play Longwood, who has not been in the tournament in their whole school's history, so props to them. Uh, he's He's a point guard that just is real shifty, real interesting. I don't know if he's really in the range of the Rockets' picks, but from what we saw last year, Any pick can really be up for grabs. The Rockets have picks they can trade to get into a position. They can trade back. They can trade forward. So I really don't – I really want to use this opportunity to remind fans and listeners of the podcast that just because, you know, we're at the top of the draft doesn't mean we're necessarily going to stay there Um, or we could add picks and things around those lines. So him – Kennedy Chandler, Tennessee is another guy I'd watch. I'd also – I'm also really excited about Jeremy Sochan – uh, great name from Baylor. Uh, he could be like a late lottery pick, could be around that 16 range for the Rockets as well. And obviously uh, UCLA, Johnny Juzang, uh, just from, from what he was able to do in the tournament last year, he's super fun. Uh, Jaden Ivey, I mean, I don't know if necessarily for the Rockets, but he'll obviously be an exciting guy for Purdue as well. Uh, you know, Tari Eason from LSU, I don't know how much LSU is going to stay in this tournament considering they just fired their coach. Very yeah. rare does a yeah. team fire <laughs> their coach um, when they go to the NCAA tournament, but it's for other reasons outside of this, uh, outside of his success there as well. So um, I'm curious to see what Tari Eason can do with LSU. They might only be playing one game, so you want to watch that. That game is uh, the 18th. That's, that's Friday night at 6.20 Houston time. So around the same time as Rockets Pacers. On Friday night, but you know we have multiple screens for a reason. If you have a TV, you probably have a phone. Put that phone, check on Tari's and see what he's doing, and make sure your bracket's all good too.
0: But well, you um, you know how, you know how sports works. You know LSU is going to the yeah, Sweet go, Sixteen. Go, right? go to a bar. Go to a bar. Well, no, no, no. To, what, what I was going to say. Go you no know LSU is going to the Sweet Sixteen. You know
1: really interesting. Right. 100%. Interesting. Hundred percent.
0: Well, that's okay. Come on, man. That's how Who's winning works. the tournament right now? Just
1: one team. Who's winning the tournament? Oh man.
0: Um, oh, yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you who's tough. I think Arizona's winning it all. Arizona's winning it all. Outside of University of Houston. Uh, yeah, they got to get year. through Houston to get there, probably. Yeah, I hot another hot take alert. I don't know if Houston wins their first round matchup with UAB, there's a good chance they're going to have to play Illinois in the second round. Illinois has got some size. So does Utah.
1: Kofi Coburn another guy that uh yeah. is worth looking into. I don't know how much NBA stock he has. I think he's like a second round pick, but yeah. he can be, he could be fun to watch in the tournament. I like Villanova. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I can pick Villanova to win it all, but I'm tempted they don't have to. Enough I'll tell you that. I'm tempted I'm tempted to pick Villanova.
0: They've got great guard play, which is what you need in this tournament. Size really doesn't win you the tournament. But eh, I think I've got Villanova in the sweet 16. Uh, But yeah, I'm going to go Arizona. Uh, It's going to be really difficult for me to bet against Arizona. Kansas is really good too. So is Baylor. Baylor looks really tough. This is going to be one of the better tournaments in a while.
1: I hope so. I hope so. It certainly looks like it. And there's a whole lot of Rockets uh, potential in this tournament. So that's why you should watch it if you are just a Rockets fan. The future is now. We don't really get to say that as Rockets fans very often, but the future is now over the next couple of weeks, and obviously we'll still be uh, big on Rockets and stuff. So keep keep an eye on that. We'll probably be updating the tournament throughout our uh, our episodes that we have during the rest of March and early April. Uh, but yeah, we don't have that many games left before we before we hit on our off season uh, little. Off-season schedules, so uh, be sure to come to our next episode Wednesday. It's Rocket Suns. Mike, one thing to look for in that game:
0: just bounce back, man. You know, just show some show some heart, show some some nad, I guess would be the best way to put it. Like come out and play with some intensity. Uh, funnel through your young guys. that got away from Jalen Green tonight. It felt like, um, yeah, which was which was really interesting to me uh, and like you said man I, I think a big thing is a lot of these guys could be hitting another wall is that the best way to put it you know yeah. the, it's their first season in Jalen Green his usage has gone way up it should have been way up way earlier in the season but that's besides the point but now that it had gone way up over the past couple games he might just be a little tired he was still 6 of 13 from the field tonight mm-hmm. so I'd like to see you know with a couple of days off uh, get back to getting Jalen Green to be really aggressive. Hopefully, we can expect a, a bounce back game from Shen Goon because he wasn't very good tonight, especially defensively. And playing eight and on Wednesday should be a really good test. Play
1: the game like it's your first game of the season. Come out like with you. that energy. Like come you. out with that with that zip. Come out with that drive. Uh, come out with the energy. I think I think playing at home helps. Uh, with the energy. Uh, they, they're kind of struggling to to be able to build that energy on their own. They're gonna have to learn how to do that uh, you know as as the weeks go on, as the years go on, they're gonna have to learn how to do that on their own. But look, I think they're on I don't this this loss tonight doesn't erase any of the progress that they've made. It's really just kind of stunted it in my opinion. But hopefully it doesn't stunt on Wednesday when the Rockets get to face the league best Phoenix Suns. How nice would it be for March Madness, right before the beginning of March, for a sixteen seed Houston Rockets to be a one seed in the Phoenix Suns. That's that's what March is about. So we're going for the upset on Wednesday night. And of course, we'll be back here on Spotify Green Room with the game recap right after the game goes final. I think this is a good place to park the Rocket ship for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this episode of The Dream Take. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Dream Take and at Dream SBN. Also, if you're on Facebook, give us a like on our Facebook page and head to our website, TheDreamShake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown
0: at BSW Podcast underscore M-B.
1: And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brandon. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning in this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets. Just go to Cars.com. It's magical.
0: Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.